This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. You're listening to First Time Dads! With me, Richard Innes. And me, Steve Meyer. And this episode is all about Rich becoming a dad again. 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 So Good some of Lord. you may have picked up from previous episodes that Rich is indeed becoming a dad again. Uh, and what I want to do is I want to quiz him, because I don't think he's prepared in oh, any geez. way, shape or form for this new adventure of his. No. Um, I think he's what he's done is he's made the classic mistake of focusing on equipment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and getting beds and buggies and things sorted, and he hasn't really prepared himself mentally. But now you see, that gets us straight into the heart of the matter here, because I have kind of spent a little bit of time thinking about, right, how is this going to work? Like, how the hell am I going to be going to fit a, a newborn infant into this arrangement? Do we I'm know sure, what brand you're having yet? Yeah, <laughs> what brand? Yeah, it's going to be another boy. So for, for new listeners, I have a two-year-old boy, Ben. He's just He was uh, two a few weeks ago. Uh, and then we are having another boy. Another man this. to vie for yeah, your yeah, wife's yeah. affections. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can see this is going to pan out brilliantly. As, as my wife says, she's soon going to have three small boys throwing tantrums because apparently my tantrums are worse than our two-year-olds. Well, I've seen, Which a, is fair. I've seen elements. That's fair, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, I, yes. I can't argue with that. Um, but yeah, the you kind of try and get yourself into this headspace of thinking, right, how is this going to work? Because there's all these situations. I know you've been there, Steve, because you've got to. I'm in it. You're in it. You're in the midst of it. But... I'm trying to picture these situations where, you know, we're both on top of Ben almost trying to deal with something, trying to fix fix something or sort something out. And I keep stopping, pausing momentarily and thinking, where would a newborn infant be in this particular dynamic right now where I'm clinging on to him as he's kicking and screaming and Lindsay's trying to do something else and it's all going off. Where does the newborn fit into this? And actually, the conclusion I've come to is that I can't mentally prepare myself because you're right, I haven't. But then I look back at before Ben was born and I did nothing but try and mentally prepare myself. I I was like a kind of philosopher in a in a mad kind of, I don't know, writer's block type thing where I was like, I, I couldn't get my head. I was trying desperately to figure it all out. And then, of course, as any new dad knows, once you're in it, you realise you had no, you, there was no way you could have understood what it is. I would say my experience of what you've just said is that Iris is a quiet, peaceful observer on the traumas and disasters of Jackson and me and Zoe but at night time she's just awake all the time mm. so she doesn't do anything during the day she's a piece of cake you know she eats her food she drinks some milk she likes to play she's very happy at night time when you want to rest because you've been dealing with Jackson she won't let you rest so you're going to be tired, boy. Because, you know, the, I have that thing. And again, any dads listening to this who have young kids, toddlers, will understand that feeling of when you've had a successful bedtime routine. Boy's gone to sleep. He even says to me now, now he's two, he's like, night-night, daddy, as I'm leaving the room, which is lovely. Night-night, son, love you, night-night. You know, off we go, and he says it back. And I close that bedroom door. And Ben is a good sleeper. You know, praise be to God. Um, <laughs> we, we're quite lucky with that. He sleeps through the night for the time being which I appreciate will probably change again um, but it does mean that like you know 8 o'clock I shut that bedroom door my evening begins and I can go and sit down and we sit down and we might watch something on Netflix and have a bit of dinner and 
have a chat and or watch Chelsea and go mental on Twitter. That hap- anyone who follows me on Twitter may be aware that that occasionally happens. <coughs> no comment. But yeah, they. But that's the thing. I I I kind of have that, and we have that downtime. But then you think to yourself, well, actually, that's all going to disappear, isn't it? And there is there is literally no downtime. There is. So where? How do you decompress? Where do you find the opportunity? You walk out to into the garden and you scream at the top of your voice. I kind of do that sometimes already, and I've only got one. Christ. I know that's the problem. My temper is awful. Like I, I have a real issue with. I, I will. Ben is a boy of extremes, and I realise that all toddlers are boys of extremes. But he's either being it's his father's son, isn't he? Indeed, that's his, that's the problem. I wish he was more like his mum. It basically he he's a boy where he's either being. It feels to me like he's either being the cutest, loveliest, sweetest, nicest child on planet Earth, or I want to throw him out of a window. Mm. And there is literally no middle ground. Yeah. And that that is that's quite terrifying, and that you have that up and down. Because then again, I think to myself, right, is that going to be doubled? Is that going to be magnified? And suddenly, I'm going to have two of them who are pulling me in opposite directions like that. It's uh, yeah, I can't get my head around it. I really, really can't. Yeah, I would say if you do have an opportunity to sleep, then sleep now. <laughs> um, and you do get through it. We are yeah. getting through it. It's hard. How old's Iris now? Remind Iris me. has just turned one. Yeah, of course she did. It was her birthday. Sorry, yeah, I did. Happy birthday, Iris. Yeah. Um, so actually, you've gone through that first year. I've gone through it. Somehow, a year's gone by, and yeah. here we are still, and it is, we're still feel like we're in it. And the issue is with the, so boring, but the issue is with the sleep. Jackson didn't sleep through until he was two and a half. We're not anticipating Iris is going to do the same because she's yeah. not at the moment. So we've got another eighteen months of sleepless nights. Um, That's tough. <clears throat> which is tough, but it, it is great. It is great. Yeah. You rem- remember all of those like little cute. You know, smiles, a first smile, when they start to say dada or mama, you know, all of those things that you hear for the first time. Do you know what, though? I I have this thing where, and I've had this conversation with my wife, right? I tend to fixate on the negative. So my wife is constantly saying to me, make sure, make sure you remember this. Like, So when something really nice is happening, when I'm sitting there on a sofa Mm. and we're watching (laughs) Toy Story or something, and I'm giving Ben a cuddle and he's being really sweet, she'd often say to me, make sure you remember this. Because the bit that I'll fixate on at the end of the day when I'm lying in bed and I'm saying, God, he's been a nightmare today, she'll then remind me, do you not remember that? Yeah, yeah, okay, he had an hour of screaming and shouting about something or other, mm. but you have to remember those good bits. And I think it's really good advice because I, I am, I don't know, there'll be a lot of dads out there who may not re- feel, find this familiar, but I'm sure there'll be a lot that do where you do just fixate on the bit where they were terrible. Because mm. they are terrible. Kids at that age are bloody terrible sometimes, awful. But that's the nature of it. That's what that's, that's what they're almost like programmed to do. So the problem I'm having at the moment is not f- not thinking positively about the imminent arrival of my second mm. child. To the point where my wife said to me in bed one night, "Are you not looking forward to this?" And it had and it kind of t- it kind of took me aback a bit because I was like, I hadn't really considered it like that. And I had to be honest with her. I said, "Do you know what? Honestly, I'm not sure if I am." Mm. And and that doesn't mean that I don't want it to happen. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not a monster. It's not me. It doesn't mean that I don't want this child to come into the world, and I don't want to have a, you know the the two kids and a perfect nuclear family and all that. Of course I do, but do I actually? Am I looking forward to this bit? Probably not, because I know it's going to be like going to bloody war. Well, I mean, it's like, uh, yeah, I think your your lack of preparedness is the first. The first time you do NCT, you do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Books. Yeah. Second time you're like, I'm really busy with a, ch- a child. Yeah, exactly. I haven't exactly. got time for all of that, yeah. and also I don't need to do NCT. I got really nervous about the birth because Zoe had a really easy birth first time round and I was thinking well 
we've used up our easy birth. This <laughs> one's going to be a tricky. But then it was it was a piece of cake second time round yeah. within the parameters of it being a you know hard work for mum. That's interesting. Um, how do you feel? Because I know you. Well, that's Lindsay, yeah, because it's a bit tricky, wasn't it? That's funny, isn't it? Because you, it, it kind of it's counterintuitive that you had quite an easy time of it first time round, and that made you more nervous. Because actually, we had quite a tricky time first time round. So I don't really feel that nervous. So we, Ben was an emergency C-section in the end, and inside had a, had a rough ride of it. Uh, it was quite tricky. All worked out fine, um, but then. I think this time she's probably going to end up having an elective caesarean okay. this time. So pick your day then. Yeah, yeah. So it's one of those. Um, and funnily enough, actually, we we had the appointment in the hospital for that just recently. And if you do find yourself in a position of having an elective caesarean, it's really weird because it's like you end up in a room at you know your, the maternity unit of your hospital, and you're talking to one of the senior doctors who's looking at this calendar where they have, and it's just looking, and it's like being at work, like you're trying to book a meeting. That's exactly what it feels like. It is the weirdest thing because you think. This is quite a big deal. Do you know, you're talking about your wife, partner, girlfriend, whoever it might be, going under quite major surgery and having a human being pulled out of her. That's quite mental. And you're sitting there and it's almost like you're looking at your availability. Like, mm, could we do that day? Could we do that? Oh, we've got a spot here. It's the weirdest thing. And the, the weirdest thing with us is that the baby, the baby's due date, um, they, for whatever reason, they were looking at like a couple of days before the due date. And they were looking initially at the day that happens to be my birthday. And I was sitting there thinking, okay, well, this is, that would be a silly thing to get wound up about, right? That, like if the baby has my birthday, who cares? It doesn't matter. But I did find myself saying, is there any chance we could do it the day after? Because <laughs> I was just thinking that. And you to have a party, don't you? Well, I, I mean, I'd, A, it would be nice for the kid to have his own birthday rather than share his birthday with daddy. But the honest truth is I was thinking more about Ben, my eldest. Because yeah. I was thinking, actually... Would there, is there a chance that at some point he might find that a bit weird and might get a bit jealous about the fact that I had a birthday with his little brother? I, I think know. he'll be, I've got my own birthday. You have to share your, your yeah. daddy. Yeah, but so, either way, that's the thing. Yeah. And that's the sort of stuff that I tend to, that's the way I tend to look at things in terms of preparedness. It's like, is everything going to be fair mm. and even? And also that thing about, you think about how much I love Ben. He's my boy. He's my only child. And then you bring a second one into that and you think, is it possible to love that child as much as I love him? I mean, I presume so. That's what everybody does. Well, I don't know. I found that I needed to remind myself to hang out with Jackson. Yeah. Because Iris, as I said, is a piece of cake during the day and is lovely and sweet and all of those kinds of things. And Jackson can be a pain in the arse. And so I was leaning towards spending more time with Iris and constantly saying Iris I love you yeah. you know and almost neglecting to say it to Jackson that's interesting uh, and you have to kind of like go right I need to do some stuff with Jackson yeah. so he doesn't feel left out but that thing about the dates you mentioned in my, my brother's kids got the same birthday because they were both oh, caesareans right. so when number two caesarean came around they had well, a choice. choice they chose the same date yeah yeah um, so well, that, that that makes that to me makes a bit more sense because then you'd have you got siblings together, whereas I just I don't know I had this weird thing in my mind that would one of them get jealous about one of them sharing the birthday or not sharing a birthday or whatever you know with daddy, but I don't know I, this is I, I am a classic overthinker. So, so in terms of practical prep, 
Rich, <laughs> I know you've gone out and splashed out on a swanky new car. Uh, have you <laughs> splashed swank, out on a, a swanky new car? I got a second-hand Skoda. I went from one second-hand Skoda to a slightly bigger second-hand Skoda. So if anyone's out there wondering like how much money je- Daily Mirror journalists earn, that, that probably answers your question. <laughs> it's, it ain't nothing swanky, but it's not. I mean, it's nice. It's a bigger car. I needed a bigger car. I'm a very big bloke. I'm six foot five, and so I actually found myself. And this is the madness of having kids or right, having a second kid, because if you've got one kid, then as long as you can put the Isofix base, which is the bit that goes underneath the the car seat that keeps it all sturdy in the car, if you've got a car that, or a car seat that does that, as long as you've got room for that in the back, you're fine. The problem I've got is that I had this little Skoda Fabia, which is a lovely little car, like very reliable. I've been in it. Oh, oh yeah, of course I gave you a lift. Yeah, like very Pretty messy. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. A bog standard automobile, but. Um, because I'm going to need to have a car seat now behind me and I'm six foot five, there wouldn't have been room to put a car seat in. So I've had this bizarre situation where I've had to buy, get a whole new bloody car just because I've... Um, I don't can't, want to I drive could, with your knees under Because I don't chin. want to drive... Exactly. Because a car seat, I'd have had to move the car seat forward. This is seat what forward. people you describe as a first world problem. I would say so, but I think uh, I'm going to be unapologetic about that. This, mm. this entire podcast is about first world problems. Have you has Ben got a new buggy? <laughs> No, uh, so well, walking? sort of. We've got um, we bought him like one of those slightly lighter ones. You know the ones that just fold out in a wanner. Yeah, because uh, we've got one of the bugaboos we got when he was born, yeah. when my mum and dad. So how are you going to push him both round? We're going to get one of those little skateboard jobs that sit uh, on the back of the bugaboo. Buggy board. I don't know. They're called but, a buggy board. Do you know what? But this, but this is the interesting thing. We're going to have to get cracking with this. My wife and I were having this conversation the other day, and she pointed out, "Do you remember?" Because we're a few weeks away from the birth now, right? Yeah. And that's that's presuming the baby doesn't come early, which yeah. was an option. So we're a few, as as we record this, you may be listening to this and I may now have child number two and everything might be sweet and rosy. As I'm recording this, I'm a few weeks away from the birth and Lindsay, my wife, pointed out to me just the other night, do you remember where we were in, in terms of planning at this point before Ben was born? Because before your first kid's born, you are fixated. There is nothing else in your mind. Work goes out the bloody window. You are just thinking about how am I going to deal with this kid coming? I've got to do X, Y, and Z. I remember I had, she was telling me, I'd completely forgotten. I had lists on my phone, lists upon yeah, lists. We still got of like to do lists and this to buy and that to get and da 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 da. And here we are, and we haven't really done a huge amount because you kind of, don't get me wrong, like we're not sort of sitting there forgetting it's coming, <laughs> forgetting the baby's coming, but just in terms of, you don't have that same level of panic and you also keep going back going back to that idea that well and everyone says this after they have their first kid i didn't need any of that stuff for months mm-hmm. because the reality is when the when the baby comes along you need somewhere for baby to sleep you need yep. something for baby to wear yep. and you need nappies and if mum's breastfeeding then that basically is it um so you don't really need anything else so, so you've not gone for a double buggy I can't, I can't be doing. We've got three bloody buggies in my house, which is insane because we've still only got one kid. Because we've got the bugaboo, the big one that was bought um, by his grandparents as a present when he was born. Because I didn't appreciate quite how expensive those things are. Good lord, I could have bought my bloody car. <laughs> uh, and then we got when we went on holiday when he was six months old. We bought like a really like cheap little thing from Mothercare. I mean, I'm talking about it was like thirty quid. One of those umbrella. Yeah, like one of the really ones. like crappy ones. Yeah. But then we've been taking him to nursery and that every morning because you can fold it up and put it in the shed at nursery. And actually, Lindsay's been on at me and on at me. We can't keep taking him this thing. He's uncomfortable. It's so rubbish. It's like it's really difficult to fold down. So, yeah, we bought this other thing, which is like an easy fold-down one. But we've now got three buggies and we've got one child. It's nuts. Mm. See, we thought to ourselves, how are we going to do this? We get a double buggy. 
and we got a buggy board, like you said. All right, you did that and too. And it all worked out well until the time that Jackson gets off the buggy board as you're walking across the road. Yeah. And then what do you do? And then we thought, no, actually, we, it's a bit of a push to nursery. We, so we went and got a second-hand double buggy, and it's been brilliant. See, th- yeah, this is. I, I fear we might end up with eBay, bugging. mate. eBay, don't. Oh don't no, do oh, everything's off. I don't yeah, buy anything yeah. new. You must be joking. But yeah, we. I, I fear we may end up with buggy number four because I think Lindsay's concern is, you know, she's heavily pregnant at the moment, and he, like, when she's with him on her own, and I'm at work, he's like running off, and she can barely keep up with him now. And so her concern is, my God, like when she's got a newborn, and then he's running off in. She's God just had a cesarean. Yeah, exactly. So this is all going to get, yeah. It's all, these are all the things that are in my mind because you're right. I'm not prepared, but in a way, I know that all these things are in my mind, and I also know there's not much I can do about it until the kid's here. Mm-hmm. Um, Good thing is you don't need to buy clothes. Do you? No, no, no. Because they're all coming down out of the loft. Yeah, exactly. I've so been up in a loft and dragging. I occasionally stuff down. treat treat Iris to something new, but most of her clothes are secondhand. Yeah, Lynn's went clothes. out. Lynn's went out the other day. And she came back. She came back with a, a t-shirt that had the uh, like a baby grow thing that still had the price tag on. And it was, I was not best pleased. I was like, what the hell have you spent this for? And she she made the reasonable point, this child is going to need something new. Like we cannot, <laughs> this, this yeah. child deserves to have at least one new item of clothing. I was like, yeah, can't really argue with that. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. True. And where's baby going to sleep? Uh, we've got... Your like, room initially, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we got given as a, as a gift, we've got one of those um, stick-ons. Yeah. Well, is it a bed nest? I can't remember what it's called now. But yeah, it's yeah. one of those things. So that's in the spare room at the moment. So that will come in and sit by the bed so that Linz can just roll over and, and pick him up. Because actually, she pointed out, we had Ben in a Moses basket on the floor, which of course was mental because in the early days, she was needing to get out of bed, pick him up, put, get back and all that stuff. So um, that should make life a little bit easier. Um, so we've got that sorted. So we do, yeah, we have we have all the basics in place. Everything is, so I'm not completely unprepared, but I think it's more the mental aspect of it. I am mentally unprepared, but I'm also okay with that because the knowledge from baby number one means I am aware there is no way I can be prepared. Yeah, And I think once you accept that, that's half the challenge. Like I know I'm going to go into it and I know it's going to be hell in, not all the time, there'll be lots of nice stuff, just to clarify, but I'm aware <laughs> it is going to be bloody, bloody difficult. I think it's, it's, I mean, it's hard work. You just, it just, any spare time you have with yeah. Ben, when Ben's not around, you just haven't got that spare time. Yeah. Um, unless you want to leave one of you with both of them. <clears throat> and as I as we record this podcast, my wife is on her way to the office with both children because she's got she's had a day off today, but she's got going to work unexpectedly, and then she's off out tonight. So I've got them on my own from three o'clock until they're both asleep. Yeah. That's so that's rough. like five hours. It's things like the procedures. It's like so that bedtime. But part of the reason Ben sleeps is because I've absolutely nailed bedtime. So since. <laughs> They're like, they're like, all right, all right. Get out of the oh, gutter, Miles. I'm yeah. making. They, they, no, it's not gutter, is it? It's just you, macho, mate, turn everything into a macho <laughs> statement. I've nailed bedtime. No, I, have, I have. I'm really, really pleased with. You with feel the, like you should be in a Yorkie advert or something. <laughs> I am the I am a, the personification of a Yorkie advert. I love that. Um, the I, I yeah, we've we've got it. We've got it down to a fine art, right? So Ben sleeps well because I've got it 
it is exactly the same every night. Like there is no kind of we don't veer off course. There's exactly the same process, procedures like bath, You've pajamas. Been listen dum, to dum, a dum. podcast with Sarah yeah, well, Smith. In, indeed, she put me on the right path. Previous it's guest, a, flag, yeah. klaxon. Previous yeah. guest. Sarah I don't know Oakwell if you. Smith. I don't I can't remember what episode number it is, but if you go back through, it's a sleep one. It's a sleep one here where it says, I think the title. What do we call it? If you look uh, on iTunes at popularity, you'll find that's the most popular one. I think the episode title was like yeah, everything you knew about sleep is wrong. Which is basically which is basically the, the the concept. So yeah, if you are in the if you are having ki- a kid soon, listen to that episode because she will teach you the ways of getting a baby to sleep. Anyway, that means thanks to her, I've like we've we've got a good process down with Ben. But of course, that's the type of thing where every night now I'm doing it with him, and Lindsay's downstairs, um, and I'm doing bedtime, and I'm thinking to myself. Is this going to be doable? Are we going to still be able to do do everything like this once there's a newborn infant? Mm. Probably not. That will go out the window, which is then going to upset him. And, and that's the thing. Like Ben's a bright boy. Like he's only just past two, and his talking's fantastic. He's really able to, you know, very fortunate in that he's really good at communicating. Should get him on the podcast. <laughs> Hello, Daddy. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're able to have you know conversations with him, which means you can get to the bottom of what's bothering him quite quickly, which is good. But. So and, and that does mean that he has some. I, I, could, I definitely know he's got some working understanding of the fact the baby's coming. Well, I so imagine he, he notices his mum's physical. Well, indeed, but in terms of he knows the process, it's like he knows the baby's going to get bigger and bigger in mummy's tummy, oh, and then mummy and daddy yeah. are going to go to see the doctors, and the doctors will take the baby out of mummy's tummy, and then the baby's going to come and live in our house. Mm-hmm. And he knows that the thing that's in the spare room—that's the baby's bed. Mm-hmm. That's where the baby's going to sleep. Steve, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll put that. I'll add that to the shortlist. <laughs> so he, he knows. He knows all of that, and he knows about Jose, you know, the fact that he's got a Steve, baby Frank. Jose, baby Jane Franco, <sighs> baby Jane Franco. Yeah, Lindsay won't go for that. Jane Franco Innes. Oh, I like that. Not sure. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I he, think he, little he, little Rich, Rich Junior. Do you know what? I hadn't even no no big Rich, little Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Sounds like a terrible sitcom. Well, but uh, isn't there a Spanish name Innes? Yeah, there is. Inez, 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 yeah. I've thought about that. That would be a bit cruel. I mean, like, that would be that would be what people in the olden times would have called great banter. Yeah, uh, megabants. Yeah, megabants. Not not for me. Not not when it comes to the child name. Um, But yeah, so Ben Ben gets it all. You know, he's he's aware of it, and he talks about helping mummy and daddy with the baby and all that, which is great um, that we've managed to, you know, make him aware of what's coming. But of course, he's two. He doesn't bloody know. Like, he's got a working understanding of it. But the reality of it is going to be so different. He knows the baby cries a lot. Mm. Say we should cries. say here that uh, if you are going through this process and mm. you want to share any findings or tips, you should drop us an email at firsttimedads at reachplc.com or, or leave us a, a message on Twitter or... Or, yeah, or, or something like that. Uh, you know, absolutely. Yeah, we, we're in the both comments, very easy to find. Yeah, exactly. And there's another opportunity to remind people that if you have liked the podcast, and we know there mm. are at least a couple of thousand of you out there who seem to regularly like the podcast, then uh, please do leave us a review on iTunes. Yeah, it helps other people find it and do you know spread the word. It's um, what we're trying to do here is is show a bit of solidarity, a bit of support for all dads out there, supporting ourselves as much as anything else. I mean, this is this is basically like free therapy for Stephen, I think. Mm. <laughs> it's all, it's, it's all it's quite cathartic getting off your chest. So we would like you guys uh, out there to, to feel like you could chime in as well. So yeah, do get in touch. Um, but, so how many weeks to go, Rich, as we record this? As we record this, because I'm not sure when we're going to put this out, so I may already be on paternity leave. Good God almighty, when, when this goes out. But yeah, as we record it, five weeks to go. Five weeks. Yeah, five weeks. So I mean, what is? And that? it is five weeks, isn't it? Because 
you know, you having a cesarean. So unless it comes, well, early, unless it comes, yeah. Lindsay wants to try and have a go because she had the cesare- the emergency cesarean first time round um, after things didn't go quite as planned. So understandably, she she wants to try and see if if things can happen naturally, and mm. if they don't, mm. then we'll have the elected C section. That that's quite an interesting process in itself. Is is that discussion you have with your wife or partner about um, ab- about the nature of birth? Because as a man, that's quite an interesting position to be in. Because I said from the get go with Lindsay, look, it is entirely one hundred percent your decision. It is not my body. This is you. That's you. That's got to go through it, and I will support you one hundred percent, whichever way you want to go. If you want to try and do things naturally, if you want to go with a C section, whatever it is. Um, I think that's the only real option available to you as a man because maybe we should get a uh, a gynecologist on for a future episode. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, talk probably. to us about exactly how a C-section it's, well, works it's quite, and recovery yeah, and cutting through the muscles. It's quite that complicated. Sort of I mean, there's a lot to think. I remember uh, before so I hold that thought. Hold that thought, people. Yeah. We, will, we will get somebody to talk to us about uh, C-sections and uh, the complexities of birth, and we'll yeah. have a special episode all about that. Definitely, because there's there's a lot to go through. I mean, we 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 read some literature and leaflets and stuff before our last appointment at the hospital, and good lord, it's a uh, it's nuts, but it, it's difficult. You have to bear in mind as well that while you all, while, while mum and dad, you know, both of you, the objective is to have everyone safe and healthy at the end of the process, right? The idea here is that you end up with a healthy, happy baby and a healthy, happy mum at the end of it. So it's very easy as a dad to say, to look at it just very mechanically in that sense and say, all I want is to get to that end point with yeah. you know with the least danger and the least risk possible that's what that's yeah, basically yeah. what every dad wants what you have to factor in is and I, you know i'm not going to start speaking for women here i do not have a womb i do not have a uterus but from conversations with my wife obviously you have breasts <laughs> thank you for pointing that out but uh, from conversations with my wife it's you know there's an element there um as a mum to be that the a, a, a mum to be is obviously going to want a certain experience of birth you know, I'm, I, I again, I, I can't empathise. I don't I know. I assume so, but if you don't, but, please get in touch. Yeah, well, exactly. That's it. I mean, we don't know. You know, we're both sitting here as men, so I'm not, I'm not going to start trying to mansplaining birth to any uh, to no, any women. Unless, I there. think that'd be a dangerous. I think that's thing a dangerous do. road to go down. But I'm I'm all I'm trying to do is sort of reflect the conversation I've had with my wife, where she's in the same boat. She wants to have a risk, you know, a, yeah. a risk-free birth that yep. allows our son to come into the world in the least dangerous way possible. Yeah. But at the same time. As a woman, I know she's very keen to try and experience birth in yeah. you know the yeah. quote unquote natural fashion. Yeah. So it's you know the, the, as a man as a as the dad there, all you can do is try and support that yeah. and try and find that help her find well, that that's compromise. Part of the prep, isn't it? Yeah, that's part absolutely. of your prep. Yeah, part yeah, of your yeah. prep is getting yourself in a headspace to support your wife. Yeah, um, completely. As much completely. as it is buying buggies and you know ironing old baby grows and you know yeah, all talking to, talking to your son. Um, but yeah. Well, so basically, just circle back to begin. Mm. You're sort of prepared. I think uh, I'd say I'll say what I said before. I think I'm not prepared, but I'm okay with that because I know that it is physically impossible to be fully prepared, and that actually what you have to do to an extent is embrace the chaos. You can make things as um, you can make things as easy as you possibly can in terms of logistics. You know having room in the back of the car for a car yeah. seat, having yeah. the right yeah. equipment in the house, all those bits and pieces. But in terms of the sort of, you know, the big stuff, the, the you know, the uh, the mental challenge of all this and the, the exhaustion and all that, there's nothing you can do. You just have to dive in and go yeah. for it yeah, and yeah, do the yeah, best yeah. you can. And you can't, and you, do, and you take it day by day. You know, there's no, I know we talk to a lot of people on the podcast about, 
um, various sort of parenting strategies and different forms of parenting and all that stuff. And when Ben was still very little, I was very keen to investigate that further and try and think about what sort of parent do me and my wife want to be and what, how we're going to approach these things and da da da. And actually, something that I found quite liberating is saying, well, sod that because that's physically impossible. And I know some people manage it and good luck to them if you can. But for me, you just try and get through each day doing the you know doing as best you can and good try enough and, good enough exactly that's all you got good enough is good enough yeah. and you just as long as you get for every day and you try and give them a little something every day and of yourself and yeah. all of those things and so i found it very liberating to sort of step back a little bit and say you know stop worrying about parenting books and all that nonsense Let's just yeah, don't listen to it. any podcasts <laughs> apart from this one yeah Good, 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 good. Well, um, Rich, you know, I'm probably going to see you before. Well, I'd like to think so. But, um, you Unless know, it happens tomorrow. Let me but put on know. record that uh, I wish you all the best. Thank you very much. Um, you are in for a big surprise. <laughs> a hell of a ride. Um, but it is wonderful. Mm. It is wonderful having kids. Um, and it is twice as nice when you've got two. Twice as tiring, twice as nice. Yeah. I'll take that, yeah. So thanks for listening. This has been thanks, First Time Dads. Um, you can find us on... Uh, all sorts of places at iTunes but please subscribe if you're not already and tell anyone you know who is a parent to listen to us and anyone's going to become a parent and even people who aren't parents who don't want to become parents you should tell them too because <laughs> it is quite funny so basically tell everyone is yeah. what Steve said there <laughs> alright guys we'll uh, we'll catch you next time thanks for thanks for listening Bye.